This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Mark. With me is one sharp-dressed man, Mr. Frankie D. Maria. (laughs) Hey, Mark, what's cooking, my friend? I thought you were going to say D. Maria. (laughs) Oh, this week's episode uh, is totally cooking. Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, while it's simmering on the stove, I just want to remind our listeners uh, out there exploring the world, talking to their friends about, you know, this hilarious podcast that they listen to every other week. Everybody's every talking week. about it. Uh, remember to tell them, hey, man, check out this record is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever they may find fine podcasts. We're even on fucking YouTube. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing. Not with language like that. We're totally there. That's right, Mark. And and everybody knows this. New episodes drip and drop directly to your ears every Friday, unless it's during the summer. And of course, for your listening pleasure. So what the heck is Check Out This Record? Great question. And thank you for asking. Oh, yeah. 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 Here on Check Out This Record, Frank, that's the other guy, and me, Mark, that's me. Uh, push the limits of our long-term friendship by recommending albums to each other. We do. You know, to check out. Yeah. Uh, then we get together uh, here on this program and we, we talk about those albums and we give them a thorough track-by-track review. Mm-hmm. We also have a wide array of musical discussions, like in our Spotlight series, where we'll dig into a band's catalog like a shallow grave and see what comes out the other side. Oh, man, absolutely. And we do Versus series where we pit two albums against each other and they duke it out for total stereo domination. Oh, there it is. Yeah, see? I made that hey, if, yeah, you did. I'm, I'm, I, you, you kept me on my toes the whole time. <laughs> hey, if social media is your thing, mm-hmm. uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram. And we even have a Facebook group. Facebook group. What? We do. We do. We have both of those. Yes. It's so crazy. I could barely say it. We like to drop additional content, hopefully leaving you wanting more Frank's musical insights and obsessions and as much random nonsense as my brain can poop out. Plus, we'll let you know when they're piping hot off the presses so you can be the first one to listen. Right. And don't forget to pop on over to that world famous place we're telling you about the tube of the U and watch us make these silly faces. You guys probably hate us already as we try to put the show together and maybe there's some exclusive content coming. You definitely don't want to miss. I can tell you that for sure. So we're ending our uh, summer vacation this week. Finally, we are uh, Mark with uh, <laughs> a perfect record for summer. But unfortunately, that's not the only reason we've chosen this uh, monster of a record this week. Uh, This week's episode is dedicated to another other than one Mr. Dusty Hill of the legendary ZZ motherfucking top. Uh, We thank you for all your time, sir. Uh, Frank? Yeah, RIP Dusty, true musician, gentleman, and all around a good dude. Hell yeah. Uh, That's right. We're not just talking about 
the biggest album of ZZ Top's career. We're talking about uh, one of 1983's biggest album. In fact, Frank, it was ranked 39 in the top 100 albums of the 80s. Ooh. That's right. Frank, we'll talk more about some of the amazing albums that came out in 1983 a little later on. Ooh. But for now, let's talk about the pop rock masterpiece yes. that is ZZ Top's eighth studio album, Eliminator, recorded Ooh. at Arndt, Ardent Studios because reading is fun. In Memphis, Tennessee, across 1982, look, they didn't put dates, I'm just telling you it was 1982, with the band's longtime manager, Bill Ham, acting as producer yet again. <laughs> uh, Eliminator was released March 23rd, 1983, spawning three massive videos, shooting the album straight up the charts, turning the members of the band into overnight pop sensations. Oh, yeah. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the previous seven albums, you might not think this is a big change for the band. But the truth of the matter is that they were a pretty classic blues rock band, cleverly calling themselves that little old band from Texas to downplay their sonic presence until they could melt your fucking face off with some good old down home guitar licks that never quit. Uh, one of rock and roll's most underrated rhythm sections. And of course, yes. signature sound that couldn't have come from any other band. Mm -hmm. Eliminator was a departure for the band. They had experimented with synthesizers and drum machines on the previous album, El Loco, uh, which is, I, I highly recommend. Uh, I own it. Definitely pick that shit up. But Eliminator saw a stylistic evolution thanks to Billy Gibbons, uh, growing, Billy Gibbons' growing passion for the emerging technology and the band's desire to push themselves into a new direction. Yeah, now, Mark, uh, there's a bit of controversy here. I wasn't aware of when we picked uh, out this album to honor Dusty. So why don't we address that real quick and then we could get into the album? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this was kind of news to me as well. I, I didn't know this. Apparently, in the pre-production phase of recording, Billy Gibbons worked with an engineer named uh, Lyndon Hudson, who passed on, uh, the, excuse me, who gave Billy the research uh, that would suggest that most popular songs uh, happen in a, a time signature of 120 beats per minute. Not in a time signature, excuse me. It's just 120 beats per minute. That's a whole other conversation with time signatures. Um, this was uh, the. This is why most of the album happens to take place at 122 beats per minute. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, ZZ Top's management would deny uh, the saying uh, the credit for the album's concept belongs solely to Billy Gibbons and producer Billy Ham. However, Hudson was awarded $600,000 after not being credited for writing the song Thug. And I'll add, there are some, uh, some folks who have books about the band that suggest that Hudson actually deserved a lot more credit for this record. Um, wow. It's interesting uh, I wasn't there. I don't know. The, a lot of and the other thing was that like the, the guy who was like, oh, yeah, he should have gotten all this credit. He also wasn't there. So I don't know, man. Right. And it's funny that the thing that's being of debate outside of the writing for the song Thug is the beats per minute. Like that's something. And correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there, uh, that's really like the rarest thing to be heard of when you're like thinking that there's some sort of internal struggle between a band that this guy is saying, hey, this has to be this beats per minute. And I'm going to take this all the way to, <laughs> to a legal action. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see what his contribution really was. Um, totally. 
Totally. We'll, we'll get into it because there are you'll know those, those track later on where I'll mention, hey, Frank Beard and Dusty Hall, uh, yeah. Hill, excuse me, didn't play on this track. They were only credited on the album and supposedly it was this guy. Sure. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously it was Thug. Um, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff where you go, man, this is kind of crazy. And and it is kind of crazy. But at the same time, it's ZZ Top, man. So absolutely. Now, now Mark, how, how much of that classic car should we talk about here? <laughs> oh, I, I can do it super quick. Um so the legendary car, the Eliminator, uh, mm. was a custom 33 coupe commissioned by Billy Gibson back in 1976 and Ugh. wasn't finished until 83. Wow. The car uh, was famous for its red finish and ZZ graphics streaking along the side. Uh, launching the band um, uh, Error, excuse me. Uh, I wrote Area instead of Error because, you know, dyslexia is fun like that. Um, of beautiful cars, beautiful women, and rock and roll. Uh, this is how most people, certainly in the 80s, were first uh, introduced to the band. I know that's how I was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's all due to that car. And that car is actually now at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for fans to, you know, so cool. check out. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of things to check out, Mark, let, let's talk about this record already. You ready? Absolutely. You got it, Frankie. Uh, so here we go. ZZ Top's 1983 masterpiece, Eliminator. Mm. Track one, Gimme All of Your Lovin'. Mm. We've got uh, Frank Beard kicking us off with his signature drive, really setting the tone for the whole album. Uh, the first single from the album was released in April of 83. And just like this record, we're rolling down the highway, windows down, stereo cranked as loud as it'll go, and everything feels all right. Uh, Frank, <laughs> what is it about Gimme All Your Lovin' uh, that makes it such a timeless number and drove it up the charts so damn fast. Well, I mean, definitely the feeling you just described, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's part of it. But what what a tune. I mean, it could be different for everyone. But what makes this such a timeless and a classic number? Uh, it, well, it's a number of things. The great guitar tone and riff. Mm-hmm. The rough and sometimes also smooth vocals from Billy Gibbons. Uh, the tight rhythm section, of course, of Beard and Hill. The, the hooky chorus. And, of course right the video which at the time was king i could be wrong on this and even though it was played frequently i i even have to say this just goes to show you how underrated the band could be it's probably at the bottom of the tiers of play as far as all the other more poppy music at the time but um it's still got a whole shit ton of plays and uh, this is a classic song man it, it's a it's a classic song. You cannot love it when it comes on. <laughs> Absolutely. It's that, that greatness of the blues, right? Give me your love and that desperation. Uh, uh. And just set to such a rocking tune. Track two, got me under pressure. Uh, one of the band's best known songs was not a single. Uh, I really missed opportunity not making a video out of this. Am I wrong? I mean, uh. come on. Um, but clearly became a fan favorite. Uh, one that the band often used as an opener playing live uh frank what is it about this song uh about a dominating woman that we just love so much dude what a great opener for a show uh-huh. uh hard-hitting riff with e minor and then that chorus billy pronounces those minor notes so well which i've always loved on mm-hmm. guitar i mean it's just a very comfortable space for me playing and the fact that he did that just so perfectly is great. Uh, I also like how live on a side note, uh, Billy and Dusty alternate the vocals, uh, which is cool. And I, I love the lyric. She likes cocaine because it really generates an edge for the song. Um, could be my favorite on the album. Yeah. Great too, man. Really surprising. It wasn't a single. I know. I'm just, I know. I, uh, I mean, but... it has single all over it. Really. It does at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so uh, climbing all the way to number eight on the Billboard mainstream rock charts is one of the band's most identifiable tunes. It's track number three, Sharp Dressed Frank. (laughs) Uh, For me, this song is as simple as a solid rock beat with a good amount of overdriven guitar and bass and the perfect set of uh, nonsensical lyrics reminding the dudes out there that looking good isn't just a a job for the lady folk. (laughs) Frank, you've always been a man of style. How does a sharp dressed man stack up for a band like ZZ Top? Well, thank you, Mark. Although nowadays I'm presided to gym shorts and workout shirts, but Thanks, I, I do I do like myself a nice pair of slacks. So, yeah, <laughs> but listen, much like give me all your love. And this song has, again, all the classic elements along with the video to, to make it timeless. It's a great blues rock number. Uh, and and for its time, the band just seems to produce like these songs at ease. It was, it was almost, I think, natural for them to come up with uh, what to them. They were just another day at the office with these songs. But I mean, really mon- monumental in the grand scheme of music. Uh, what can I say? I mean, it's a classic song. I love it. Big smiles every time it comes on and I don't get sick of it. So, yeah. So here we are. We're at track four. You know, the first three tracks right in that hundred and twenty beats per minute there you go good point but here we are we're gonna slow it down i need you tonight oh, frank yeah uh, thank you the, you're welcome <laughs> the band is giving us a little of the blues sound here that they've previously been known for and after three big tracks to open the album a change of pace here feels don't mind me saying so damn good Ooh. uh frank mm-hmm. do you need do you need me tonight oh always always my brother <laughs> Listen, it's another great tune, and I don't care that it's six minutes long. Uh, this shows the world really the amazing ability of Gibbons with those double track solos. Uh, so good. And this is one where you put put the headphones on and crank it up loud, and you won't be disappointed. Um, just such a good a good song. Well written. Again, everything is just perfect in this whole mix. Uh, beautiful song. Beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, track five, I've got the six. Our man, uh, Dusty, on vocals for this one. Uh, ZZ, never above a good sexual innuendo, mm-hmm. lays it on nice and thick here uh, with this old school rock number that just drives that Texas rock and roll home. Uh, if you're not sure what he's looking for, I'll be happy to spell it out. He's the six. He's looking for your nine. Um we aren't changing any lives here, but we are feeling good and having having a little bit of a laugh. Uh, this song was meant for uh, drinking beer and laughing with your pals. Frank, you got my nine? Oh, I got nine on it, my pal. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as Mark said, uh, we aren't changing lives. This isn't, uh, you know protecting the manatees or you know debbie the time life operator here where we you know the band is not taking themselves seriously at all and that's the beauty about it so everyone relax enjoy the song like mark said have a beer with your pals uh or whatever your drink of choice is yep. and just uh enjoy a dusty on the showcase of vocals here there you go. Uh, well, we're right up to track six. Another uh, famous one from the band here is a, a song people have heard a few times. It's called Legs. I think I think people have heard this one. I think they've heard this one. So uh, rocketing the band into another atmosphere, we get uh, this absolute classic number paying homage to uh, long legged women all mm. across the globe. Mm. Uh, Legs is uh, tangled up in the controversy. Um 
with Lyndon Hudson. There's uh, that name again. <laughs> that engineer Terry Manning is responsible uh, for all of the musical parts, uh, save the guitar and the vocals uh, on this record. And Dusty and Frank are credited only on the album, but didn't actually play on the track. Hmm. Longtime stage manager David Blaney wrote in his book, Sharp Dressed Man. Oh, it's funny. He was more than happy to steal that title that <laughs> Lyndon Hudson should have had credit all over this record. Wow. Frank, does this change legs or anything about the band for you at all? No, not at all. Not at all. So many things in music out there have controversies surrounding them. But at the end of the day, listen, it's Billy, Dusty and Frank who took not me, Frank. Frank Beard, who took the song to the level of success and Mm -hmm. were able to sustain it with years of performances, busting their ass to make sure that every night when the song is performed, just like their other tracks, it's on par and it's perfect. It's a classic number. I always enjoyed the song as a kid listening to it. It was one of those ones that that I I didn't uh, didn't get annoyed with. Uh, Great tune. Great song. I don't care the drama behind it. It kicks ass. There you go. So uh, track seven, Thug. Uh, here we, we we really feel that synthesizer and drum machine. Uh, this rock tune uh, that starts out uh, about driving a car, but turns into a tale of uh, pulling a heist to grab some guns and loot that had been stashed by uh, a dude who is in Alcatraz. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. Cool. Uh, it's got a little of that laid back Texas shuffle but with uh, the constant drive of the drum machine keeping it uh, from going off the beaten path too far with uh, what sounds like a cool disjointed bass solo. But again, yeah. some controversy over who, who played that. So um, it's an interesting track. I loved the mood it sets. I don't know if the band owed this dude 600K for this fucking song. Um, <laughs> but as the... right. But as the band understands, he needs to get paid. So, Frank. Yeah. How does a thug hit you? Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I'm assuming, right, the people who played it are the people I assumed in, in this song. And Dusty shines like a star on this number, man. I mean, the bass, it hits you like a bungee cord and then keeps like slapping you back and forth. Um, th- this track could make less Claypool jealous. That's all I got to say. Ooh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Track eight. It's one of Frank's favorite things. TV Uh, dinners. Dude, totally. Uh, From the future of synthesizers to (laughs) classic blues riffs, TV dinners is a tongue in cheek commentary on modern for the early 80s, prepackaged, microwavable, ready to eat meals. Lyrically, you know what you're 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 getting here, right? It's a song about TV dinners. Um, It just uh, and that's really just a device for this sweet little blues number. Um, with a killer rift in it, and I'm I'm just all about it, Frank. Oh, and this was a single, uh, and a little song called "Cheap Sunglasses" was the B side. <laughs> Wild, right, Frank? <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> what do you got cooking? Well, Mark, just call me Al from the Encore commercials, and I tell you what: if you're purchasing that Salisbury steak dinner, I'll be over at six thirty. Yeah, I have to watch this. <laughs> Those commercials are that awesome. You remember what I'm talking about. Oh, I totally do. I They're remember like, the time and everything. Yeah, he's like, I can't finish all this lasagna. My family's across the country. I'll bring my crew over, 7.30. And then, like, the next person comes in the same <laughs> thing. But, yes, listen, TV dinners were a new thing in society at the time. Microwave. Like, everyone was just all totally in on it. The marketing was there. The advertising mm-hmm. was there. And, and it's so cool, honestly, that there's a blues rock 
song based around it. Uh, just as you're all about it, I'm all about it as well. So there you go. Track nine, ladies and gentlemen, we're tugging right along here. Oh, Dirt, we're talking about Dirty Dog, Frank. Oh, well, hello. Yeah, one of the lesser known tracks on the album here, we're treated to some more of that uh, fast paced tempo you've come to expect out of Eliminator at this point. The song centers around a relationship that has ended telling uh, that dog to get out of your yard, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Oh, Lyrically, yeah. Again, nothing life-changing here, but we've got some amazing guitar work, uh, and the band sounds fantastic. Anything um, you'd like to add, my brother? I mean, nothing other than it's a great song. Then, again, that shows uh, off Billy's amazing work. It flows nicely on the album, and when you're listening, of course, the album to the whole thing, like it just makes sense as far as its placement and, again, the overall flow to the album. So I, I think you accurately described it. It's definitely an enjoyable song for sure. Absolutely. Here we go. Track 10. If I could only flag her down Mm, here, uh, we have uh, more of a classic rock with a big blues tone to it. As Billy pines for a woman out of his league, Uh, we're treated to all of the pain and anguish he's feeling in the form of some clean and beautiful guitar work. While Dusty and Frank keep this blues number pulsing with that Texas rock sound Mm. uh, they're so known for Uh, a classic blues number for me. What about you, Frank? Are you trying to flag her down still? Oh, always, always, my man. And and I mean, this is what the band does so well. They keep classic blues elements and give it a taste of that Texas rock flavor. That's what makes this band special. That's what everyone was attracted to with this band. And again, they they do it here. Another another really cool track. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're at the last track of the album, believe it or not, buddy. Track oh 11, mm. Bad Girl. Bad Girl. Closing track, and it kicks off feeling... a like you're uh, in a small Texas roadhouse about to get your rock and roll fantasies delivered on stage. Ooh, huh? Uh-huh. Bad Girl doesn't disappoint either. It's an old school, fast car, hot babe, rock and roll through and through. And it's a fun way to end the record by rounding out all of those synthesizers and drum machines with what mm. the band does so well, which is just show up and fucking rock. Uh, <laughs> it's a deep cut to close the album. Uh, to close the album off, excuse me, but it feels so good. You'll flip the record right over and just start it from the top. Frank, uh, yeah. You got any bad girls at home? Luckily, I do not. Uh, what a nope. banger What a banger and a closer for this album, my friend. As you said, it has an yeah. old school sound, really incorporates everything the band was trying to go for in the year of 1983. Um, great stuff. Great closer. What more, what more could I say? Man, I can't believe we just covered an absolute classic like Eliminator. Oh, why don't you start us off with your final thoughts on the album? Yeah, so I think it's a crucial record for all genres during the 80s. Absolutely. Uh, This band is adjusting to the times and leveraging the use of videos without compromising the song quality. Uh, And it's amazing. And their previous albums were equally kick ass. Um, you get everything on this record. Legs, Give Me All Your Love, and Sharp Dressed Man, and then a, amazing tracks like Needy Tonight, Got Me Under Pressure, I Got Six. Listen, drama aside, okay, it's timeless. And when you think of this album, you think of the band. You don't think of the drama. Obviously, we didn't know about the drama. This album, for me, gets a firm, firm, 9 out of 10. Firm. Nice. What about you, This buddy? is uh, obviously such a pivotal uh, part of ZZ Top's career that it felt like the natural place for us to start talking about 
uh, a band like ZZ Top, 16 studio albums, oh, and man. arguably their biggest album having smack dab in the middle of their career. <laughs> uh, the band was actually obsessed with MTV and thought it was a documentary for hours before they realized it was its own TV channel. And the three very bold and risky songs, they <laughs> created uh, a brand new career for themselves. And I really think make a goddamn video for Under Pressure. Don't do TV dinners as a, as a single. And right. you've, got, you've got a fourth hit. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, totally. However, um, let's move on. Uh, the drummer was uh, over. Uh, the drama over who, who gets writing and performing credits is on the album aside. This is clearly a carefully crafted and well thought out album that still holds up to this day uh, without a doubt and will continue to do so for a long, long time. If you don't own this record already, I'd suggest you jump on it. I'm giving this guy just like Frank, nine out of 10. It is solid as hell. He and I talked about it. I was, I was wishy-washy. This isn't my favorite ZZ Top album. Nine is a big score to give a band. This thing friggin' rules. So, Frank. So excited. In the intro, I mentioned what a yes. great year 1983 was for music. Oh, really? Was. Um, yeah. So, I thought we'd rank some of our favorite albums from that year. Um, would you care to go first or you want to you allow me? I'll I'll go first if that's okay. Yeah, whatever you want. Okay, cool. Uh, no particular order, um, sure. but uh, my first anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge Stray Cats fan. And Built for Speed, the first record came out, and it's amazing. And I own it and love it, and listening to it, I listen to it so much. They are the rockabilly band. Um, yeah, there you go. It's crazy that Eliminator and Built for Speed came out in the same. Oh, it's insane! So awesome, insane. Uh, my first one, look, I've, I've not been shy about this. Uh, when I was a kid, I absolutely fucking loved Michael Jackson and Thriller came out in 83, man. It's a cool record. It's a cool song. Um, I mean, really that, that album top to bottom is like amazing. It's, it's really kind of crazy. Um, but my, my first pick for 1983, is Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. I mean, timeless record that people still to this day try to emulate. And again, when you look at it, um, yeah, they called him the king of pop, but uh, there were so many rock elements too. Obviously, with yeah. Eddie Van Halen's uh, solo on "Beat It," uh, and and which so, he didn't even show up for the music video. Didn't anymore. even show up for the music video. I know, I know, absolutely. Uh, and you know, having two girls that are they just love music, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get a lot of crap for this, but anytime if there's ever like a Michael Jackson or or Prince debate, uh, it it's always Michael Jackson, and it's not even to to my girls, it's not even a debate. They they, they would take any Michael Jackson song any day of the week over any Prince song. So, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, ooh, I know, You're up. yeah, oh yes, I am. So, um, obviously, I'm a huge, Tom, <laughs> I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. You uh, are. Everyone, everyone knows this, um, but uh, Swordfish Trombones came out in 83. Now, uh, this was the first in the trilogy. Uh, after that was Rain Dogs, probably my could be my favorite record of all time. Uh, and mm. then after that was Frank's Wild Years, uh, mm. which Swordfish Trombones is the first in his um, – conscious effort to either sound like captain Beefheart or when him and his wife got together to say, okay, we're going to really go for almost this, this almost um, genre that you can't even try to figure out with pirate themed music, whatever the case is, it started here. So many, so many classic songs on it. Swordfish trombones. Absolutely. Uh, my next one uh, won't be a surprise for a lot of people. It's the clash and combat rock. <sighs> 
yeah, it, it's a great record. It, it came out in such a pivotal point for the band uh, late in their career, still so full of just absolute classics. It's hard. It, I mean, it, it's hard to rank Clash albums. This always ends up near the top for me. Um, it is hard to rank good. them. You're right. And I think this one yeah. almost kind of gets overlooked, even though there's some massive hits on it. I think the album yeah. as a whole gets overlooked because of the so huge success of London Calling and that their first album was so good and that Sandinista is so big in general. I, right. think, th- I think this one gets underlooked. I agree with that. No, thank you. Thanks. So. You're up. All right. Um, so also in this year, Mark, uh, Metallica's Killed Them All came out. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. You know, we did an album or we did an episode on Metallica. Check it out in the archives. Listen. Full-blown spotlight, baby. Full-blown spotlight, practically, right? Uh, thrash, where punk and metal meet. Um, I, I mean, I think it's displayed so amazingly on this album. Uh, listen, a lot of the albums that came after after that make Kill Them All maybe not everyone's favorite. Uh, it's such an amazing record. Such an amazing yeah. record. So, And if you listen to modern punk rock, heavy metal, most rock, Kill Them All was actually a really big point. So true, yes. For for what happened in everything right. rock and roll related after the 80s that... Absolutely. There's a lot of people who can go ahead and shut the fuck up about thank, complaining th- about Metallica. Thank you so much, Mark. I'll give those people something to complain about. Frank, one of my favorite albums from 1983. I listened to this thing way too much on CD. Ooh, Quiet dang. Riot, Mental Health. Wow. Come on, feel the noise. Girls rock your boys. I was annoying as a 12 year old, <laughs> and I still am now. However, that song goes. Look, I love that song. There's yeah. something weird about it. Um, of course, Randy Rhodes would go on to join Ozzy solo. Yeah. Um, it's just a cool ass record. In fact, Randy Rhodes was joining Ozzy solo, so he didn't even get a hit with Quiet Riot. Yeah. He's not even on that. So no. it's just kind of that weird thing where it's the right time, the right place, a great cover. And actually the album, I know I should probably listen to the whole album again, but I loved it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's amazing that I had on 45 when I was a kid and I would play it so so frequently. And then to hear years later that, you know, it was a, it was a cover of this English band Slade. And you're like, wait, what? I, I didn't even know this, but yeah. their version is still is still uh, superior. So really badass. Uh, <laughs> so cool. So cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Next uh, for me is mm-hmm. uh, the also that year Violent Femmes self-titled album from 83 came out. Uh, if you want to trace back. And of course, there is some rumblings of it in the uh, 50s and, of course, the 60s and the Lower East Side. But if you want to trace back to where folk and punk kind of really got got out there to the masses uh, and became something viable, uh, this is where it starts, right? To, to me, this is a lot of where it starts. Everyone knows Blister in the Sun. Kiss Off is an amazing tune, probably uh, just a, 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 one of my favorites from them. But everything is so cool on this. A, a unique band, just in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, it's a classic. Absolutely. You know, ironically, uh, most people don't know this. I do go to people other than Frank for music oh. uh, recommendations. And oh. recently, while trying to catch up on the Violent Femmes, because I know that Frank's a Violent Femmes head, somebody said, start at the beginning, start self-titled. Yeah. It's, it's the it's the best place to begin while getting into them. Yeah. Um. So that might be an upcoming episode. I might ask you to cool. do that one for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll see. So maybe stay tuned. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
So I used to listen to this album all the time in high school because I thought I could bang goth church chicks if I listened to it enough. Um, uh, and I turned out, I just turned out loving this album. It's, it's the Arrhythmics and Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Yeah. What? No, I was in the just... goth girls. I was in high school. It was the fucking late 90s, dude. What else were you supposed to do? Thank you. There you go. There yeah. you go. Is, is, that, is that when Marilyn Manson covered the song too? Yeah, absolutely. If you don't think yeah. Marilyn Manson copied that so that he could get goth gir- covered that so that he could bang goth girls, you're fucking wrong. Or goth <laughs> boys. Whatever he's into. Hey, look, I don't know. Right. I wasn't there. Right. However, you weren't there. Yes. <laughs> this album rocks. Goth chicks are into it. They won't bang you just because you listen to it. Trust me. I know. However, <laughs> it's a cool fucking record. <laughs> Mark's on the research, everyone. He's got the data. I have. Did, yeah, <laughs> 120 beats per minute. Oh. Girls are not interested. Ew. Ew. All right, so the last one, and we did an episode on it, and yeah. it's again, it, it's just a record that's constantly played in the house. Is is Huey Lewis? <laughs> Huey Lewis and the New Sports. I mean, there you go. It came out in '83. Uh, listen to the episode. I don't need to say any more. But uh, mm-hmm. I love Huey Lewis and the News, and this album's great. So yeah, listen to Huey slay that harmonica. That's all oh, I'm going to say. Amazing. So my last one. Um, Mm-hmm. David Bowie, uh, 1983. This album really is super cool. We might do this as an episode, Frank, because I know that cool. you're not as up on Bowie as, as maybe we need to be. I, mm-hmm. We, I, I equally, I there are some records I know and that I enjoy, but I am let's not deep dance. Enough. Exactly, that's it. David yeah, Bowie, Mo- Modern dance, Love is on here. I mean, without it's such you, a good record. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. It's. I think it's going to be a lot of, and cool obviously, his his catalog is so vast. Yeah. Oh my God. And I, and I am not familiar with enough of it, but I, I believe that this will probably be in his top five albums, just as, as a society, as we look back on him, let's dance is so important that I think there's no way we're going to get away with. I'm with him. Being... And modern love is such a great tune. And yeah. 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 So, you know, Frank, that was really a fun episode. Who knew? Oh, so fun. 1983 was so wild. Oh, it's so wild. What uh, what do we have on the old uh, schedule on the board for uh, for next week? Fan request. <laughs> so a one, Mister Brian Brito uh, would like us to review Doctor Feelgood, the nineteen eighty nine album from Motley Crue. I uh, I actually mailed my copy of <laughs> Doctor Feelgood to Brian. Uh, it came in a, a large box of of records that i bought for like five bucks and it was in there and i was like hey dude do you want this and he was like yeah there so you I go sent it to him Send right to him um because i didn't want it uh he also got shouted the devil which is a much better album anyways yes, yes. not to put we'll talk about mountain crew next week there'll be a lot of shit talk it should be fun i i don't have to watch that movie again do i no 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 you don't have to my man uh, <laughs> listen it's gonna be a- I'll tell everyone this. There's there's going to be challenging. Uh, I, I And I want to listen to it um, without maybe trying to just have in the back of my head. A, well, a couple of things. Number one being is things like Shout at the Devil is mm-hmm. a vastly superior record. Right. Um, and kind of what especially Neil Vince Neil is like now, because if you hear the live performances, you're just like. Oh, dude. I mean, he can't even hit any of the notes, right? Yeah. So, so I'm trying to just eliminate that and just be like, "Hey, man, is this is this just a good album overall? Um, what 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 does that feel like? Because, um, you know, it's it's probably something that uh, outside the hits, I I have to see what's what are the deep tracks like, you know? Yeah. No. I, look, I'll not bring up that guy he killed, you know, with that DUI. Um, 
because <laughs> that's not important to the record. But anyways, right, right, right. right. Not making me watch that awful movie again. There you um, go. And hey, look, as we say all the time, if yes. you and want to know, time. we do. If you want to know what we think of a record, send us a comment wherever you find us and Please. we'll check it out. Maybe it's a, a hair metal classic. I'm doing some finger uh, hair metal classic here. Um, Could be. Finger quotes. Um, or maybe it's an obscure solo artist trying something new. We want your requests. Yes. Um, just know that we'll be as honest about the record you pick as we would about one of our own. Oh, so yeah. Be prepared for us not to like it. Greta Van Fleet. Um, <laughs> send us uh, cooler shit. Then crew to listen to. <laughs> I please. Um, That's right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Drop us a line. Be safe out there. Oh, yeah. And please say it with me now. Oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, why? <laughs> Recording has ended. <laughs> <laughs>